on kinky encounters, mango popsicles, and confusing boundaries with massage therapists. BG. Saturday, February 25th, 2023. I've created a monster with Naomi. Oopsie doopsie. I never should have started talking with her during massages. It's a slippery slope, and suddenly I'm sliding downhill because she never stops talking anymore. And I love her, truly I do, but all of a sudden my wonderful coveted weekly massage has become work. I know I'm the luckiest baby girl in the universe to get massages. Mistress Me says it's our number four budget priority. One, shelter. Two, food. Three, urgent health-related crap. Four, sustainability health stuff. See? Massage falls in the fourth category. I think expensive vacation in Panama is a close fifth. Anyway, she's the best massage therapist I've ever had, so do I have to just resign myself to the fact that she will always treat the entire encounter like one long sermon on what I should do for my body? I keep trying to tell her my brain needs a break, but she turns a deaf ear. I mean, the thing is, she's giving me good suggestions. Relevant suggestions. Use the counter at top on this muscle, the ball on that one. But I can't take notes while she works on me. I only have my brain, which goes on high alert when it hears people telling me what to do, because I've been a submissive since the day I was born. That's what I tried to tell her today. I was like, Naomi, I really appreciate your wisdom, but I get stressed out when the whole session is you telling me what to do. It pulls me out of my body, and I can't relax. It's like you're handing me this delicious ice cream, but then the whole time you're lecturing me on nutrition. Let me eat the ice cream first, or at least let me take breaks to eat it. I thought I'd done a good job speaking my truth. I really did. But she kept going. Just plowed on. Well, paused for five minutes, but then launched back into her lecture. She's freaking stubborn, Naomi. And you can't really be mad, because she just wants you to feel good in your body. Except the whole thing is kind of maddening. You know, Lorelai, my old teacher used to say that you'd take a couple of pieces of insight one time, one the next. I'm not expecting you to go home and implement a whole routine. Nobody does that. I do, I protested. Naomi, you've got to understand. I'm Lorelai. That's what I do. I implement plans. I snap into good student mode the instant I hear somebody telling me what to do. Oh, so your brain is totally different than everybody else's? She asked. I thought about how she told me recently she didn't really care about grades in school. I thought about how I could count the number of grades under A I've received in my lifetime on one hand. How I literally couldn't fathom deciding to just get by in a class, even a terrible one. I am blessed and cursed with the need to always be the best possible student I can be. I mean, yes, I said, I am different from everyone else. Bullshit, Lorelai. If you were different, then your left calf muscle wouldn't be so goddamn tense because you'd be doing the things I told you to do. Wow. This from the woman who claims she doesn't want to be a mistress because she doesn't like people think she's ordering them around. Well, either she's my massage mistress or she's fired, because nobody calls bullshit on Lorelai but her doms. So there. I just posted that letter to Richard for the world to see. Or for my one true fan, anyway, if he's reading this. You know who you are. Thank you. Thank you for making me feel like the world will someday hear my words. It had been a while since I read that letter. It actually feels worse to read it now. Because none of it has changed. They're still going in the same goddamn circle, and I wrote that letter more than a year ago. Had the conversation with him two years ago. And nothing has fucking changed. I haven't changed either. I'm still going round and round in circles, racking my brain for anything left to say to Gail that I haven't said already. I see your emotional bruises, and it hurts me. I've been checked out since Thursday night. My phone has been off for 48 hours, and I don't miss it. 
I was toying with not turning it back on until Tuesday, but there's a chance I need to meet Mommy somewhere on Tuesday, and I won't know unless I turn the phone on. So I guess I'll turn it on someday. But I've needed this to replenish my stock of magic. I talked to the universe last night and practiced packaging up my thoughts in little balls and tapping them away like dodgeball. Clients at Tien, Mommy, Gail, Omar, friends, clients, projects at Tien. Round and round my thoughts went, deeper and deeper I got, until it was illumination, awareness, or maybe I was just really high, but it meant something. I talked to the universe, I laid on its breast, and the universe said to me, that is always the answer, just come back to me. And me was God, my ancestors, the humming of collective consciousness, the where we go when we die. It's always there, we just need to listen. When we hear it, we fuse. When we hear it, our bodies are still there, but we aren't our bodies anymore. For 48 hours, I've been following the commands of the universe. Because I serve nobody but the universe and mommy. I wrinkled my nose when I stepped in. The room smelled like cologne. That guy who walked past me in the waiting room. It smells like a man in here, I said. I know. Doesn't it smell good, replied Naomi, brightly missing the point. I put the banana bread down on the table. Is that for me? I nodded, placing the pala on top of it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, she said. He was supposed to be an hour, and I was going to have plenty of time for lunch, but then it morphed into an hour and a half. Apparently the guy before me was a firefighter. Naomi mentioned it six or seven times. He was really interested in my breathing techniques. And you know, he's a firefighter, she informed me for the eighth time. I wonder if he'll use them one day, my breathing techniques, when he's saving lives. I wonder how many lives I've touched through him. That's what firefighters do, you know, save lives. Wow. I guess having been married to volunteer everything including firefighter and always forgetting to sleep Shekar really got rid of the firefighter fetish for me, because I was in a different universe from Naomi just then. Sunday, February 26th, 2023. This weekend has been stretching on and on so luxuriously. I haven't looked at my phone since Thursday either. Today is the first day I've been tempted. There are bound to be a trillion messages since I've waited this long, and mostly from people I like. The dopamine that awaits, imagine it. But then the messages will be gone two minutes later, and I'll still be here, still alone, only somehow lonelier. So I haven't turned on my phone just yet. Instead, I went to yoga for the third day in a row. I'm trying out a new yoga studio, Akasha, down near Atwater Market. It's gotten me out of the house each day and moving my body. Today, the teacher recognized me at reception. Are you Gail's friend? I think I saw you at a party in the plateau once. Gail. She knows everyone in the universe. And everyone adores her, something which drives Richard absolutely crazy because he's vastly insecure and can't handle love in its actual essential form. So is he single or what? I asked Naomi. I couldn't remember if the guy in the waiting room had been cute or not, but he was getting hotter the more Naomi talked about him, and I may as well push the conversation somewhere interesting. Oh, I don't know. Maybe he's single. I wonder. If he is, I should keep scheduling your appointments back to back. And off she went, onto the details of hooking the two of us up. I bet he would know how to put you in restraints, she said brightly, as if this was exactly what I was looking for. What part of abusive BDSM relationship does she keep forgetting? Naomi recognized my collar early on. An ex of hers had wanted to get kinky, but she hadn't been into it. So she knew the world from a distance. Her ex was a nice guy, she told me several times. 
When I used to wear that collar, she would say how lucky I was to have found Gavin, how rare a gift to share our sexual proclivities. Of course, eventually I realized what a schmuck he was, but when Naomi and I met, it was still early days. Naomi, I can't do restraints anymore, remember? Oh, but I mean, you know, light ones, maybe. Like, even just like this. And she took it upon herself to lift my wrist and demonstrate. I breathed deeply and, with not a small amount of effort, stifled a very sharp ping of anxiety threatening its knifey stabs into my belly. Naomi is safe, just clueless. She's not a threat, I reassured my nervous system. Naomi, I can't do any restraints. At all. Not even light ones. It's only recently that I can even dream of that possibility in my future. Really? I didn't realize. I'm legit traumatized. I'm not having sex right now, even. He fucked me up good. For about four years, Naomi was the person in my life who consistently, on an actual regular basis, gave me pleasurable touch. I'm not talking about pleasurable sexual touch. I mean non-objectifying, let's-make-you-feel-pleasant touch. Then the day came, when the unpleasurable touch was banished, when I moved out. One day, instead of coming north to Naomi from the Latin Quarter, I came down south to her from the plateau. I remember that day, the first massage I got after moving into Gail's house. Then, when I left her studio on St. Denis, I would return right instead of left. I loved it. It felt definitive, dramatic. I've gotten happier and happier in the time that has followed. She's not the only one who touches me nicely anymore, but she was once upon a time. I booked a bed and breakfast for my trip to Delaware. It's a work trip. Originally, I thought I'd fly, but it was going to be a schlep and a half, and the Uber from D.C. would have cost me as much as the flight. So I've decided to drive instead. I'll be stopping at Hazel's on the way down and my parents on the way back. My sister and her family will be there, too, and I'll be driving Papa home with me to Montreal so he can see my place. I texted Juliet to ask if I could see her and the boys that Sunday evening. Oh, sure, you're only going to be home for a night? Two, actually, but I have to work Monday. I'm actually stopping on my way back from Delaware. Oh, are you going to meet Sakar's baby? <sighs> That was the message gleaming innocently up from my cell phone at the end of my very long day back at work, the first day of our biggest project yet, my first day in charge. I was just about to decompress, and wham. I thought of a bunch of different answers. No, Shekhar and I aren't speaking anymore. That could be an answer. Inevitably, though, she would ask me why, and I'd, I'd have to say, well, because of you, actually. But that felt unnecessarily dramatic, and also not entirely accurate. I smoked a joint, meditated, and finally responded, No, that would be nice, but it's complicated with me and Shekhar. I'm going down there for work, actually. Oh, okay. The boys and I will come see you. And that was that. Thursday, March 2nd, 2023. Oh, fuck you, weak fuck you. Urgle, blurgle, urgle. <sighs> I still have two things to do tomorrow, but as far as I'm concerned, I'm done. I turned off my cell phone a couple hours ago. But how will you talk to Mommy? asked Mommy before I went poof. I... One day will invent a portal into my happiness palace, but I need to turn the phone off, Mommy. It's important. Because otherwise I might fall into toxic Mommy orbit, and you said yourself that's no good. Ah, yes, this is true. I agree with me, said Mommy, chuckling. I haven't seen Mommy in more than two weeks, and it's driving me bananas. Way worse than when I was in Panama, because then I wasn't in the same city as her. But the universe keeps messing with our plans. Humph. I've tried what I can to be happy without her. But the world is so much more sparkly when there's a mommy around. Sometimes I think how unimaginably lucky I am to have her. 
I asked for subtasks earlier. Ah, yes, you should be a good girl. Mommy, that's not a subtask, and I'm always a good girl. Okay, you should water your plants. Mommy, Mistress Me already does that. I mean subtasks. I was getting there, she said, and I could hear the smile in her voice. Maybe baby girl should spend some time working on patience. No, I said, stamping my feet. No, 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 no. No more patience. No patience, Mommy. She laughed again, and eventually some mommy tasks made their way onto a list, shining up from the paper in bright fuchsia gel pen writing. I'm hoping that doing them will help fill the mommy-sized hole in my heart this weekend. A couple hours later, I'm at my desk, remembering how that moment felt on the phone with Mommy. Then my thoughts turned to Gavin, how the conversation would have felt with him, what he would have done, he would have done if I'd asked for tasks. Gavin always would have turned it into me doing something outrageously, what, just him-centric. The whole interaction would have been about him. At the beginning, it didn't matter. It worked in some kind of loopy, one-sided, but-it-doesn't-matter-because-we-each-like-our-side dance that was sexy and fun. He was creative, and so was I. But it was always about turning him on, or humiliating myself to prove my servitude, or doing something I really didn't feel like doing to show I could follow a command. He seemed to tire of things quite quickly. The more bored he seemed, the more desperate I became. I craved his validation, and so he weaponized it. His commands got stupid, reckless, or mean. Or if he was bored or feeling vile, there would be no command at all. He'd just say something nasty about me being needy. And the sickest thing of all? The manipulation was so thorough that I literally was asking for it. Early on, when I was just learning what it felt like to be a submissive, I went on FetLife. FetLife is like Facebook's black sheep weirdo cousin. It's where perverts hang out. Dick pics are actually allowed. It's a pretty freakish place to splash about, but I was hooked on kink and following all my master's orders, and his orders were to build myself a FetLife page. I ended up meeting up with people on the site who were in my area. One submissive woman and I got together at a bar by the river. The bar was this gorgeous antique-type place, in a picturesque village near where I lived, the kind of place that tourists from New York City might visit to get away. We sat at the bar whispering about butt plugs, whips, chains, handcuffs, and gags. We had nothing else in common, but it felt like we were best friends. For a few minutes, anyway. We corresponded for a little while, but I don't think we ever saw each other again. I remember her, though, how eager she was to serve. I remember thinking I might not be eager enough. I adored my master, of course, but I adored him because he did things that made my brain hum and my kitty purr. So yeah, I wanted to serve him, but I wanted to serve him because of how he made me felt, not because of wanting to just serve him for service's sake. Ironic how things turned out. And yet, I do actually want to serve Mommy, from the bottom of my heart. I love her more than money. I love her as much as time. I love her like the universe loves the world. Sometimes I can't believe how unimaginably lucky I am to have a mommy, a fairy godmother, a guru. Truly, a guru who makes my brain hum, my kitty purr, and my heart fucking sore. And it's totally ethical that she's a guru who fucks me, because it wasn't like she lured me in with her guru-ness and then tricked me into sex. Au contraire, she lured me in with sex and then let me wiggle worm my way into her heart, which is where I discovered what a wise woman she was all on my own. And now she's teaching me all the secrets. All of them. Like how to orgasm in an explosion of silky smooth softness. Like how to send your aggravations to the moon. Like how to be one with the universe. 
I can't write too much because my arm is really hurting. I need to schedule a visit with the physio. Only the last physio was way too into resting his hand on my knee unnecessarily while cornering me physically between the wall and the table and blustering condescendingly. So I need a new physio. But this one was close by. Blurg. Luckily, I have the best osteopath and the best massage therapist in the world. It's taken almost 40 years, but I've accumulated a brilliant team of healthcare practitioners, which I need because my back and entire musculoskeletal system is lopsided, literally. So usually I'm well taken care of, except I'm annoyed at Naomi now, so what do I do? Usually I look forward to seeing her. Literally, the only thing I schedule on a Saturday is a massage with her. I'm like, should I actually tell her we'll do Wednesday mornings instead or something? I think I need to put my foot down, I just don't know how. She wants to tell me what to do so bad. Then be my frickin' mistress and do it properly, goddammit. And if you're not up to the task, then stop telling me what to do. I think I need to tell her that she's got to talk to my heart and not my brain. Maybe that'll do it. Because I'm never going to get her to stop talking to me, but I think she can maybe understand that there's a different way to reach me. People, man. If you're going to be a teacher, you have to figure out how to reach your student. And if she insists, she doesn't want to be a mistress or a teacher. So basically, she's just bossy. Mistress Mead took me shopping earlier. She said I could buy anything I wanted with her credit card. Limit $50. She said anything already on the list didn't count, so I didn't have to pay for the wool socks or the milk or the eggs or the toothpaste or the vegetables. There were a couple cool books, but they cost a trillion billion dollars. I knew Mistress Mead said it was okay, but I still did not want to spend so much money on them. In the end, Mistress Me bought me cute post-its and colored pencils. And also mango ice cream that was a little too expensive, but might be super yummy. Update. I ate the first mango popsicle and was very disappointed. Gaga. The store was so cool. There was weird pencil sharpeners and stuff like you might see in Tokyo or something. There were the cutest stuffies, too. I almost bought one, but then I decided I wanted Mommy's help to pick one out. Maybe she and I will go together sometime if I ever see her in the next century. So I didn't quite spend $50, but almost. Do you know the crazy thing Mistress Me said to me while we were out? She said, you know, technically, baby girl, it's your money. You earned it. But that's just the craziest thing I ever heard, because it was her and Super Boss Bitch what did it. Because I'm only six. Gaga! Love. Baby girl.